Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. She has now been upgraded. She has been upgraded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Apologies to the listeners for the weird audio problems we've been having recently. There was a driver issue with my new computer, which has now been sorted with a not inexpensive headset. That is so. correct, yes. So, <laughs> but it should be sorted out. It should be sorted, and, and we don't know the magic behind that. I mean, I don't I don't question the magic, uh, how that works exactly, but I'm just glad it has. Um, you know, for... The listeners, we have we've covered some. I feel like some really good material. We've had some good news. We've 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 been on the you know on the forefront of a lot of stories, and and unfortunately sometimes it, it just hasn't worked out. So, I know we say in the in the beginning intro we record and release every Friday. We pretty much do record to release every Friday. Just sometimes on Fridays we find out oh it it didn't work out or there was a problem. Amanda sounded like a chipmunk. Again. <laughs> Amanda sounded like a chipmunk again. So. So anyway, so besides sounding like a chick, chipmunk, uh, what have you been up to? So listen, this is, this, I've not been playing any new games. Yeah, if you listen last week, I'm still playing the same games. But Which are what? Because night. apparently that one didn't release either. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I have been playing a mobile game called um let me look at it last shelter survival it's very similar to clash of kings which i played a few years back in fact i think it might be made by the same developers because or i use the same base technology because it's nearly identical but this one is a zombie survival game and i've been playing it it's a it's a free-to-play game you know you don't have to spend um but with these sort of games i do like to support the creators so i have bought a couple packs and um you know i'm upgrading my base it's like uh, level 13 now i've been playing about a week it's a fun little game my only downside is and i don't know how to phrase this in the best possible way but sometimes when you're playing in a multicultural environment that includes non-western locations there's some societal norms that don't seem to have filtered down there and i made the mistake of putting my profile picture in the game that was a, a big mistake uh-oh. And now there's like loads of people from India that just constantly message me, and it's a bit cringy. Yeah. So I don't know like what there is to do about it. I really don't feel like it's necessary to have giant global multiplayers. Like I know that sounds horrible, but like I would feel more comfortable and less hit on if it was just Western players because I feel like there's some societal norms that are like a bit different. So that's the nicest way that I can say it. I really think that there should be European servers and Chinese servers and like, you know, because also there's a translator in the game that like barely works. So I'm also being hit on in a foreign language. So it's not great. (laughs) So they're like, what eyes are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I mean, uh, it's it's funny. It's not funny. I, I yeah. It's um. I look. That was a tactical error. I regret that. But now that the cat's out of the bag, and I can't undo it. But I probably won't play it. You know, for months and months and months. I tend to sort of get bored of these games and discard them after a few months. But that's what I've been playing. But in exciting non-gaming news, but definitely nerd news, last night I bought an electric scooter. Who is she? Did you really? Yeah, I did. You goddamn right I did. And it's a collapsible <laughs> one and I'm gonna be boot scooting boogieing all the way down to the shop. So the shops are like they're like a half a mile from my house, which is fine and it's good exercise and everything, but when you're like carrying groceries and you know you have a fifteen minute walk, like it really does sort of just mess up your day yeah and like i find that i have been eating a lot a lot a lot of takeaways yeah because it's cheaper to just have it ordered to my door and there's like no hassle and i have drink and food and whatever whereas if i have to carry it myself like it takes a lot of space in a little cloth shopping bag which we all sort of use in europe so anyway long story short i figured if i get the scooter then even though I'll be sacrificing some on the amount of steps and the amount of exercise that I get, I'll probably be eating healthier food slightly. So it might all sort of wash out. So I have been eating a ungodly amount of KFC. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's really, it's gotten quite excessive now. The other day I looked at my credit card statement, which only takes um, payments from my Uber Eats account. Yeah. And it was 340 pounds. Ooh. That's a lot of KFC. That's a lot. Considering I pay it off in full each month, that's a lot for a month. Like, you know, and it's not always just me. Sometimes, you know, people are around and I'm ordering food for a group. But, like, that is a lot of money in 20-pound chunks. That means, like, pretty much every meal that I've been eating for the most part has been delivery food. That's not good. So I got a scooter. It was 309 pounds, which is about like, I don't know, 450 US, I would imagine. Um, And it will go for 15 kilometers, which is several miles before needing a charge. So I can probably scoot to the shops three or four times before having to charge it. So I'm hoping, you know, it won't change the fact that I need to go to the shops pretty much every day because you can only carry so much, but I can take my backpack, you know, it's a little bit less strenuous, like, you know, I can hang things off the handlebars and what. Oh yeah, I picked up an electric scooter and I'm really excited about it and it'll arrive week after next. And then, you know, I'm not wearing a helmet because I refuse. I'm a grown adult. You should wear a helmet and your new headset. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that. <laughs> it's never going to happen. We're supposed to ride helmets in the UK. Like, you're supposed to wear a helmet all the time, everywhere. But, like, yeah. come at me, bro. Like, even when you're just walking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you might as well. You might as well. But anyway, that was my most recent acquisition. I'm very excited about it. It's super nerdy. But I just feel like uh, it'll be better for my overall health and lifestyle to buy and prepare my food more regularly right well good that's exciting and and uh, i was doing the the math in my head not like i carried the one or anything (laughs) but i know a 5k is 3.2 miles ish and so that's almost 10 miles uh that it can go so yeah i could i could go pretty far on the little boot scoot and boogie so i'm excited yeah nice. and and i got it before they changed the laws so technically it's a road vehicle so that means technically it should be road taxed um but i think yeah. if you own it beforehand like it only applies to new purchases so 
sort of just scooted ah. around that little one before they can catch up. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I saw one with the Segway one the other day. Uh, I went to this festival, like in the local community, which was amazing, by the way. They had like a circus and they had a chandelier that had human beings in it and they were all playing instruments. It was amazing. It was huge. Well, at least they're alive. It, it started, it sounded like it was about to go down a Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, no. Today. It was great. It was really cool. But anyway, there was like a family and they all had these scooters. So they had obviously just all scooted down to the festival and then were scooting back home, which I was like this is what i need in my life it's i mean there's no parking it truly sounds cool it truly does i mean i'm I'm trying to take my american bias away of how lame and dorky it all sounds that you know a family shows up on their electric scooters and i just you know as typical american fashion want to mock all of it even though it's like there's nothing it's only good things like it's good for the environment uh, you didn't really have to walk. It's pretty convenient. You don't have to park it anywhere. You can get right out and party and get back on your electric scooter and go home. There are, exactly. There is no and they're collapsible. You can take them on the train. So, like, it rained while we were there, and they just folded them all up and took them on the train. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> all right, well. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> oh, well, um, yeah, because of our technical difficulties, I I, there, I may rehash some of the material I have already covered. But basically, I haven't played any new games either. Uh, but I do have a lot of games that I've been playing. So okay, uh, I like I said, I've I've uh, tried to sample all the games that I've got right now. I basically have been uh, just rotating through because they all are heavily. I mean, you can heavily invest yourself in any one of them, uh, and so they are all time sinks. But so I, I got about 15 or 20 minutes farther into Persona 5. Uh, and so I still have uh, I have a little bit more of an idea what's going on. It's a game that, uh, like I said I, before, I haven't, I haven't played any of the other games in the series. But it's everything that I kind of like about uh, Japanese RPG games. So it's it's strange and it's got good music and it's got crazy kind of int- I mean I think the characters are relatively interesting at least so far um, but it but that was probably that was a long time ago longer than I want to admit that I was really into that type of game so um, and it you know people change I still think I like it I just feel like I know this is about to get overwhelming and I'm not going to be able to keep up um, but I'm still trying to play it and, and I say that I say that out of one side of my mouth, and then I booted up Diablo three. So, talking about a time sink where basically all you can—I mean, you—you you can beat it, you can end it, but the game never ends, and you just keep going and going and going and get better and better and better stuff. And so, you know, there there isn't really a way to win that game or beat that game, uh, and it and it's still everything I imagine it it could be. It's fantastic. Um. It's a great game, it is. man. I I played a lot of, of multiplayer of that on the console. I think it's really good on console, surprisingly. It is, and, and I, primarily I bought it on PlayStation because the computer was kind of on the fritz. It was going in and out, and so I, I said on the fritz. I can't even I don't ever say that. Uh, it really was not uh, functioning properly. It was about, I knew it was about to die, uh, and, and, uh, and so I went ahead and it was on sale. I think it was a July 4th sale or something. Uh, and I, I went ahead and bought it and played it uh, a lot. Uh, I've been playing it a lot. So I, I think I'm almost 
level 30 or 40, close to it. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I had to start a new character because you can link your Blizzard accounts, uh, your Battle.net accounts, but you can't carry over whatever I've done on the computer, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I can. If I can and you know how, let me know in the comments. Um, yeah, I don't know how. Someone's going to have to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And I picked a Barbarian because I was a Demon Hunter before and I really liked that class, but I didn't want to do all of the same things again, you know. So I wanted it to be somewhat different. Uh, so I've been playing Diablo and then also with the Rise of Ashara, I've been playing a lot of Warcraft. There's just a ton of stuff to do in World of Warcraft right now and, and uh, the uh, the... Daily quests, which is something they really haven't had like this. I guess maybe they did in Legion, but it reminds me a lot more of of uh, the 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 Lich King, uh, Wrath of the Lich King uh, expansion, right? And yep, where you had your you had factions that you would go do your daily quests with, and and sometimes the quests repeat, which which I was okay with because there was it was a means to an end, and and it was still fun. You know, the, they didn't take a whole, they didn't take a long time. Well, these, some of these take a while, uh, these quests, but, um, but there, and there is a bit of repetition, but otherwise it still is really, really fun. And, uh, it hasn't been out for very long. And so, you know, I'm sure there are people that are already done with all this stuff. I saw somebody flying already, uh, which, you know, in the last few expansions becomes more and more difficult to unlock as you, as you progress through and which I think that's probably good. They want you to see the world that they've created and, and they want it to be some, something that you really earn. And it's, it's, I think it's exclusive. I mean, I don't think that there's a whole lot of people that are able to fly uh, in any one of those zones right when it happens, because it's just not easy to do, but, but I've been playing that a lot. So uh, pretty much all blizzard is what I've been playing in persona. So. I mean, that's that sounds typical. It sounds standard it, for you. It's pretty typical. Yeah, there's no doubt. That is that's that's pretty typical. So, well, all right. Well, that brings us to our news, and we do have some news this week. And um, Amanda, I I have I really only have one thing, but I don't. It's not. Uh, I, I'm going to touch on that other story we we talked about. But uh, tell me right. about these. You have you had some stories that you shared that I'm interested in to hear more about. Yeah, well, um, some interesting news coming out of the UK. So, um, for the first time ever, esports has now overtaken football, or as you guys call it, soccer, as the sport with the highest number of teams at British universities. So, there are 73 universities in the UK, and there are 685 esports teams compared to 602 football teams, which if you know anything about England, wow. like it's crazy to imagine that anything is bigger than football. Um, and the next most popular thing is hockey with only 546 teams. So like the fact that esports has more than a hundred more than the third rank and, you know, like 20 more than the second highest is pretty impressive because that growth was like basically over a 15-year span, whereas football's been in place for hundreds of years. 
So it's it's pretty interesting. They said that it's got um, kind of exponential growth in the last five years, and it provides students that maybe aren't as academically inclined the opportunity to get scholarships to go into university. It costs at the moment nine grand to go into uni, um, and if you get accepted to an esports team, you can cover most or or all of that. So it's pretty good. Um, each team has about six or seven players. Um, most of those are guys. Um, unfortunately, 90% of those are guys. So I think there are a lot of women that play games like myself. So we kind of just need to get out there and apply for these sort of things um, and, you know, compete. I'm, I'm assuming that it's a skill-based entrance. Right. But I thought it was a really interesting story about how important games are becoming in real-world scenarios help you pay for school. Right, and just how, how that overlap is. I mean, I think that universities are realizing this. I think that will time will tell, <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think that it's any. Speaking from what limited experience I have right now with an esports team, um, tryouts seem to be fairly similar to how a tryout would be for an athletic team. In that you come and you play, you know, or you or you demonstrate your skills in a very you know, uh, a very specific, but very, I guess a very, uh, just a specific setting to what it is you're going to be asked to do if you were on the team, uh, you know, and you eat pizza or you kind of hang out and you talk about it afterwards and then you go and then you either get offered a scholarship or you don't, you know, uh, or you get invited to come play on the team and, uh, and then you practice and you're, you know, there are certain requirements. I know that there are also differences and I don't know how this works at those universities. There's kind of differences in the regulation. Uh, again, this is, this is something we can talk about on a, another episode. And we've talked about esports before, but maybe not. Um, I don't know that we ever really talked about maybe hard rules that you should have if you want to regulate this like they do the NCAA and sports. Yeah. Um, because I think there should be some regulation. Um, there are also, you know, I, I, you can there, you can run into some issues if you don't hold them to any standards. You know, if if like, do you ever have to go to class? Uh, do you have to actually pass to go play on the teams? You know, um, yeah, you know, how do you how do you regulate all that? Because you're there for your scholarship is why you're there, but you you know you're there also to play games to represent the university. So yeah, I think it's a good opportunity though for people that aren't very athletically minded to instead use a different skill, um, which it can you know outside of sports, I think it's really hard to get anything other than like top of your class academic scholarships. You know, if you're quite an average student, absolutely, but you're good at gaming, this could be an opportunity for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's good. I think it's a good change and it's, it's heading in a direction. It's all evolving. I think this is good evolution, but that is my opinion. Um, well, I've got I've got one more piece of news if we want to stick with yeah, the UK yeah, yeah, just yeah. for a minute. Absolutely, because I have something to say about this too. Okay, so this obviously is more of you and Daniel's street um, with retro titles like Dizzy, Egg, and Double Dragon. But there is a new Netflix for retro gaming that just launched in the UK. Uh, it is £9.99 a month or about, I don't know, 12, 12 or so US dollars. And you get access to... Um, hundreds of titles. They said they have 400 on right now. They've been successfully kickstarted. It's called Ant Stream. 
Um, they raised 70000 in kickstarting, and then they were backed by a venture capital firm. Um, and the good news is, is that all of these titles are officially licensed. So I think some of the problems with retro gaming is, is that once a game reaches a certain age, it's so easy to find online emulated that the creators are no longer really making any money off of this product, even though it's popular and people like to play it and things like that. And when you do use an emulator, the quality isn't good. So this streaming service, which is currently available for PC and mobile, will allow you to play those titles legitimately through licenses supporting the creators. Um, and they have sort of thousands of more licenses that they're lining up um, because creators are really, really keen to continue to make money off of their work as they should do um and they're hoping to open it up sort of to consoles in the future which i think you know they need to do if they're gonna kind of compete in this space but they have technically beaten the large brands to a service like this for retro gaming i know there was some titles included with the nintendo classic and things like that but this is obviously much much bigger it's much more expanded it's cross-platform um and it covers like lots of different consoles and you can all play them through one device Yeah. yeah so i think it's quite good i mean i i've rented my games for 10 years now um i've been renting games and i sort of believe in that sort of um reduce reuse recycle mechanic you know i don't like to buy games new i don't think they hold their value i think they hold their playability but if you wait a month or two so i would definitely be open to a good streaming service now retro games are not really my speed um i find them much harder than modern games first off and the graphics just they don't really appeal to me anymore but if they if Xbox or PlayStation or even an independent third party, sorry about the plane, if an independent third party was able to get a hold of um, titles near release, then I would definitely go that out. I see this sort of retro streaming as a springboard for improving the Xbox Game Pass and things like that because it isn't good enough. It's not. It's not worth the money that you pay, in my opinion. I think even nine pounds to pay retro games is probably a little steep. And I say this because most of the people who are going to have the money to get a subscription like that and are going to be interested in it don't have the time to make the nine pounds worth it. If you had the console like Daniel does, for example, he's got pretty much all of them, then it's actually more fiscally responsible for you to just buy secondhand copies of the cartridges and play them directly off the cartridge now you're going to get obviously some high def resolution benefits off of using a streaming platform they you know i'm sure the titles have been updated and remixed for bigger screens and you know everybody's tv was square back in the day for the most part so these are mostly like what 5.4 resolution so they're remixing them for widescreen tvs this is all great i think nine pounds is a little steep for even 400 titles because you're not going to be able to play that many i just don't believe that adults who are going to be interested in this have as much time to get nine pounds of value out of it i mean i am even struggling now to get the nine pounds of value out of the rental that i do but the rental that i do is brand new games so they are way 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 more expensive than these games they've got some rarity like which would make up for some of the costs so the really really rare games they've talked about too i've never heard of them they're probably more uk-based games um 
that you could access those games. Maybe they're really expensive to find or hard to find. Um, but generally speaking, most of those titles are going to be like a quid or two in a bargain bin somewhere. So I, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's the right direction. I think it's, it would be nice to have easy access to a catalog of games so that you can support the creators so that we're not just stealing content. And as we talked about with the streaming services, if they make it easy and they put it all in one place, people will do that instead of steal. Like they just will. That's why download rates and everything dropped. But now that everything's starting to spread itself out and become really fragmented, the piracy and the download rates are back up again. So I think this is great. This is fabulous. I think it should be acquired by Nintendo or PlayStation or Xbox. I think they should acquire this. I think they should add it to supplement their own streaming services and, you know, even though it's good to have competition, there is three main competitors in the market. And the more that we add beyond that, just the worse the service is for everybody, really. So I just feel like we already have games locked behind platforms. Are we going to have games locked behind console access and third-party subscriptions? Not certain about that, but exciting news because it is the first to market. Yeah, um, I'm all for this. If I was, I don't want to be cynical, uh, but I'm going to be. I do. I don't want to be cynical, but I, I believe yeah. this is how it's going to be. I believe that they are all going to go. They are going to be partitioned off to their own respective areas. I think PlayStation will have its. Xbox has will have its. Uh, you know, Nintendo already has its own eStore streaming service, um, and and it's and it's good. I I I think it's it's worth it. Twenty bucks a, a year right now. So. You pay twenty bucks a year, and I and they keep adding games. There aren't four hundred yet, but they're all Nintendo titles. So um, I know these are titles that won't be on that service. But that service also is going to have a lot of arcade games, which are you know hard to find. I've got a cup. I've got one cabinet at home that is. It's got three games. I think it's got uh, Rampage. It's got uh, Defender and. Joust. I may have four games. Oh, it's got Gauntlet as well. It's got four games, and um, which is awesome. And I and I have played. I do play it on occasion. It costs more than four dollars or nine dollars <laughs> a month. Um, but you're paying for the the aesthetics. You're paying for the cabinet and that experience of having an arcade cabinet. And and I and for that, to me, I felt it was worth it. I think it's three hundred here, something like that. Three hundred or four hundred dollars for the cabinet and the four games. Uh, but again, you're paying for the cabinet. Jesus, that is quite a bit. It is. It, it comes with a cabinet and three controllers as well. So, like, you've got three joysticks, and that's so three people can play uh, Rampage or Gauntlet if you want to, all at the same time. Uh, and so you're you're paying for the arcade experience. And again, like I said, that was worth it to me. It's much cheaper than a lot of the much larger uh, cabinets that are that are more. I guess more authentic. They're actually like the cabinets. Re- they're remade in in the same, uh, I guess, same image as they were before, and so they're a lot larger. And they can accommodate larger people and a, maybe a crowd around the machine. They take up a whole lot more space too. Uh, but you know, anyway, all that to say, I I, I like what I've got, and I and I, it was worth it to me. The nine dollars uh, or the nine pounds uh, does seem a little steep. <sighs> And I think that I would—it would be something that I would be willing to do, maybe for a month or two, just to see what it was like. 
see what games were were on it. But I, I'm worried that that these are all going to get kind of broken off, much like the streaming movie services are or entertainment, other entertainment. You know, Disney has its own, NBC has its own. They're all going to start breaking up, and you're going to have to buy their individual services or not, uh, which, like you said, I think uh, increases the piracy. So, And there are some games that you just can't find on there, and that's, unfortunately, some of the games that I really do want. I don't want a whole lot of games, but there are some games that I really do want that are hard to find, and and that's, you know, that's what would lead me to go try to find it somewhere else just because it's not available. You know, I can't get. I don't even know who has the licensing rights to Dark Wizard on Sega CD. Anybody know? You let me know, uh, because if you do, I'm, I'll be emailing them so that they'll <laughs> release. But anyway, well, that's. Uh, I think that's good. I think that's uh, that's a step in the right direction. I, I hope that uh, it continues and and they continue to add the thousands of titles that that they're talking about adding. Um, and if they keep the price about the same, which I, I just don't see how that's going to stay that way. Um, but maybe it will. Uh, if they if they can, uh, then that that might be worth uh, you know worth at least a month or two to see see kind of what they're doing. Um, for me, I have only one piece of news. Uh, it's and I kind of looked around to see uh, again as I usually do a cursory search of the news if there's anything that really interests me. And your two stories really were much better, and so oh, um, I thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and so um, I know that uh, we talked about a PS4 story where um, EA Access and PS and PlayStation or Sony have agreed to bring the EA Access to to the PlayStation or PlayStation Four. Um, I think it's got multiple tiers, and by paying for you know, the tiers, you unlock a number of, of games that you can download and play. And I think that's great. I just don't like e- EA Access. It's, you know, you have to sign up for EA, EA Access. Does or anybody, whatever. though? Or Between Origin, EA maybe? and Ubisoft, like, good God, I have too many accounts. Right, exactly. And and so I don't. Like, I, I have uh, an Ubisoft account, too, which I'm not happy about. Um, I think it was... is. Division is Ubisoft, right? Yeah, and they make you sign up for it, basically, which which is they illegal do. in the they UK. They make you sign up for it before you can even yeah, play. It's ridiculous. You can't even play. You couldn't even. I couldn't even start the Division Two without creating. But like, my Ubisoft why? Account. Like, and what that, good? Have you ever really logged into it? I never have. Who gives a crap? They just want my data. Outside, they want your data. So outside of you logging in to play Division Two and automatically logging into Ubisoft's whatever their stupid services it automatically in, in uh, logs you in when you start to play and i was so off put by having to do all that like that was it was it, it's kind of like it took up the whole screen so like you can't actually go in and play anything until you do yeah. it and then it'll it'll yeah it's just it was frustrating so that and ea i guess the origin or whatever their service is that you have to sign up for when you play the new maddens and all the other ea games that they've got it's just too much. You know, I don't, I, I kind of, I, I know what they're doing and it's, and to a degree, I feel like it's nefarious. And, and I, and so I don't, I don't play those games anymore. I bought the division. I, all, I broke all my rules with division two. It was a digital game. It was a, a, a new brand new release. 
and they uh, burn you, know, you so right I, in the face. Oh, and I and I don't play it, and I won't play it. Um, but they already have my money, so they got more me. fool you. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I'll end it with a, a a little bit brighter note with news from from Hearthstone, uh, which I, I go back and forth. I have a love hate relationship with Hearthstone. You know, they always bring me back. Um, this last month was probably one of my best months. I think I got to twelfth uh, rank, um, and which was the best I had done in a while because I, I felt like there was just no way I could ever get to you know legendary or legend rank uh because i don't i play mage i always play mage i only play mage and so because of that and i do that because i can't afford from time or from money perspective to play any other class you know because you have to get the cards you have to unlock the cards you have to win and and do quest unlock cards or have a lot of dust you have to have a lot of cards to get the dust and the best way to get the cards is to buy packs. I get it. I absolutely get it. I get the the, the idea behind it. I played Magic the Gathering forever ago. I the, the card packs were way more expensive for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I get all of that and I and I like how you can adjust the game to fix balance issues on the fly. I mean, that's the best part of a digital card game like that is that you can fix stuff like that. Um, but I also don't own any of these cards truly, you know, and, uh, that's just a, that's just a side effect of how these digital only games work. And, um, and I, I think I, I think I accepted that I, I maybe this morning I accepted that. <laughs> so I, I accepted that that is the case. Um, I'm, I'm no longer mad at Hearthstone for, you know, peddling out a new expansion about every three or four <laughs> months. Um, I just, I just realized that maybe I can't keep up personally, you know, uh, I, that I, I can't, or maybe I don't want to, maybe I'll get back in there and, and play, but the expansion comes out August 6th. So I still have about a month that I can play with the current expansion and I'm not going to have to worry about an, another 140 cards that they inject into this, into the meta that affect, you know, how that I'm going to have to account for, you know, or change the way I play because exhausting it is. You definitely got to stay up to date and you can't just go play wild, which is the other, the other mode where everything is, is available. I mean, that's the wild West. Who wants to do that? Uh, that's it, the only it, mode I ever played <laughs> is wild. Well, I mean, you can because all of the cards are legal, you know? So, uh, but that means Smash all book. of the cards are legal. I don't know how to balance that. I don't know what cards to put into my deck. I don't who who could do that? No one knows that math. It's crazy. It truly is. It truly is crazy. Well, that Saviors of Oldham, it comes out August sixth. We'll see if we'll tune in next month and we'll see if I spent eighty dollars on cards. Um <laughs> so that brings right I know. <laughs> I basically brought a motorized vehicle for less than you've spent on three expansions of cards. <laughs> This is um, this is sadly very true. Um, well, that brings us to our uh, main topic or our segment where we are going to discuss our uh, our main topic, which is franchises that need to die. Now, last week we discussed franchises that we would like to see continue, and you may never get to hear that particular uh, episode, or maybe we'll do it again. But this is the counterpart to that. 
where we discuss some franchises that we think should just probably uh, go out to pasture. Maybe uh, just like old yeah. yellow. Yeah, that's a reference. To <laughs> Take them out and shoot them. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so okay, uh, I've got four here. Um, but uh, I've got five, so let me go first. Okay, yeah. All right. So I'm I'm kicking off with one that if last week's ever episode ever makes to air or we re-record, you'll know that it's one of the franchises I think will never die. But that doesn't mean we can't hope and dream that Call of Duty eventually kicks the bloody bucket. Look, there are only so many ways you can repurpose a realistic-looking shooter. We haven't had any more World Wars, so the source material just really isn't that interesting. And I don't see them going down the route of anything truly horrific like genocide in Rwanda and blah, 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 blah. So I don't see how much more they can do it. They've already done shooter in space. And every time that I play it, I do feel like... They are making a political statement to get attention, which right. I don't I don't enjoy. Or they are stealing the best concepts from other games like, you know, Fortnite and PUBG and things. I just feel like that's sort of what they do. And I'm tired of it. I don't think it will die, but I think it should die. And so my first one is Call of Duty. For the sake of, of uh, repetition, I'm going to go ahead and, and agree with you on that one. That was probably my first one. That's that's my top game s- series that should die. And I, th- I thought of it as uh, tried to compare like Battlefield and Call of Duty and, and some of the other games that do this this similar thing of, you know, first person. And, and there were there have been some really good Call of Duty games. And uh, and and I'm I was a fan of the franchise. Um, I think that maybe is I guess since the Xbox 360. Um, but this yearly iteration of Call of Duty, and it's one of the biggest selling games. It's not going anywhere, but it should. You know, that's that's just I guess that's my take on it. It makes it makes millions, tens of maybe hundreds of millions of dollars for uh, their company, and so I think Call of Duty is going is here to stay. But I think it should die, and or at the very least, it needs to go back to the drawing board and and come back with new and fresh ideas, not just for shock value, not just to, you know, not just a facelift. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, go away, come back with. Which one was it where you actually, um, where they kill basically the main character? A ghost dies in it, um, or or a soap? Is it soap or ghost? The one of you, basically the British, um, uh, the oh, what is the the special forces in in the UK? Is it S? Uh, what the special forces in the UK? Yeah, what are they called? I can't remember. I can't. I don't remember, remember anyway. either. That's how unmemorable the game was, though. Let's just talk about for a <laughs> well, that, that one, that's the only one I really remember. And I remember it because it had a couple controversial things. Like one of them was where you're walking through the rushing air, Russian airport, rushing, Russian airport, uh, and you're shooting people as you go through. And it was like one of these really alarming, off-putting scenes that you're undercover and you, yeah. you're supposed to, uh, you're basically framing maybe the United States for this or something. 
Um, I can't remember the context. I mean, destroy me in the comments as well. But um, but I, I do realize that it I mean, I knew that it was controversial. I know it's controversial. And it was one of those scenes where you actually don't have to shoot anybody, but you're going to watch everybody else get shot because they're not going to stop. You're it, you're kind of on rails walking through and watching everybody in this airport get killed. And there's nothing you can and, do about it. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. So it was meant to be off putting. It was meant to be that way, and there were some turns in the actual story, and then the oh, and then the multiplayer God. was good, and I was terrible at it, but it was still good, and it was fun. So I agree, the Call of Duty needs to go. Okay, so my second one so, is. What's your second one? Oh, so <laughs> so my second one is Ratchet and Clank, and I know that people are going to be like, "What? That's really far out of left field." But I'll tell you what: there's a personal reason why I hate Ratchet and Clank. So when I was in university, my like first year, my like high school boyfriend, I had come home from university, like drove across the state, whatever, went to his friend's house where they were playing Ratchet and Clank. And then they played Ratchet and Clank for 12 hours straight and like didn't talk to me. And then I broke up with him and I went home and then I moved back across the country. It was like a whole thing. So Ratchet and Clank, because you destroyed my childhood relationship. You can do one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's like, first off, like ignoring that story, <laughs> which is very personal, but also super painful. Uh, I don't think that it is a very interesting game. I don't think the releases and, you know, expansions on the series have been that memorable or interesting whenever they come out there's always very little coverage about it i don't think anybody cares so just stop fucking making it <laughs> understood understood <laughs> so ratchet and clank uh ratchet and clank need to die all right thank you yes um for me uh my next one is is gonna hurt you i think but it's just it's it just needs to be done uh i think that halo um, Halo needs to go. How dare think- you? Ho. 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 Yeah. Halo. And, and, and oh. again, I, I think my reasoning is I think that they, they have done everything I think they can do story-wise because the story was never why anybody played it. I mean, if you could walk me through Halo 1, 2, and 3, I'd, I'd pay to hear it, first of all, because please, somebody tell me what happened. Um, I know things happened, but I can't really tell you the story, you know, and I've played all three of them and the story to me was the best part again, cause I'm not big on multiplayer shooters. Um, and so that probably has something to do with it as well, but I don't have the nostalgia factor for Halo. Uh, I was late to the Xbox game. I was a big PlayStation fan. Uh, well, actually I was a Nintendo fanboy that also had a PlayStation. Um, right, exactly. And so... But then I had a PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 2 I definitely felt was superior to any of the Nintendo consoles at the time. Um, and and then the Xbox came out, and Knights of the Old Republic came out, which was one of those game changers, literally, figuratively. It, it, it was a, it's one of those that, that makes you have to buy a console. At least it did for me. It was, it's one of those games that was good enough to sell consoles. Because that's why I bought it, was for that game. And... Uh, and from there, Xbox kind of took off, and Halo was a part of that that experience. I liked Halo. I truly did. But I don't think that there's anything that they're doing. It's it's much like Call of Duty. 
where do you go? Master Chief is really why people play it. If they can figure out a way to maybe go away and come back and reinvent something or come back with a a twist or just find something new, uh, you know, and come out come out with something new. I, I just Halo's just not my thing. I'm I'm not a fan. I don't think that they're doing anything new or uh, inventive or or creative that's that that someone else isn't already doing better in a different game. I know I know it hurts, and I apologize for that. I think that's super rude. <laughs> rude. 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 Well, okay. So, what is yours? Your next. All right. Well. You're going to hate this one. So, fair is bloody fair. That's right. But I think Pokemon needs to go in the bin. Oh, well, I mean, I have mixed emotions on this, but I'd like to know what what your reasoning is. It's the same game. It's the same damn game every time. Like, all they do is make more Pokemon. Like... The, what's the fun of that? I don't get it. Like, Pokemon Go was fun because you were, like, outside and everybody, like, there was herds of people and, like, you sort of had this crowd effect. <laughs> but, like, that was the only Pokemon game I've ever played, like, since Game Boy. Because all the other ones are exactly the same game. It's just not fun to me. How is that fun? Like, they just make more little creatures that you have to, like, discover and bang on the head with a ball and then imprison them inside what I'm hoping is a TARDIS-like Pokeball. But, you know, it's just, to me, they have reached the end of what they can do with the concept. Like, it was always about Team Rocket versus Ash. Like, who's going to be the ultimate champion, the very best, like, no one ever was. Like, I watched the show. Like, they finished it. They had nothing more to say, and yet we've still got games coming out, and all they're doing is just increasing the size of the amount of Pokemon in the world. To me, that's not fun. Like, that's just like a collectathon to end all collectathons, and I hate that sort of thing. Like, it, the game fundamentally is what I find annoying about open world games, and that's all that game yeah. is. So, I think Pokemon needs to die. I get why people like it. Pokemon Go was cool, but. The regular Pokemon franchise is Laysuck. So. It's Laysuck. Laysuck. Yeah. I... Let's go, Evie. I have on, I don't have the full game. I have the demo on, on the Switch. And it's, I enjoyed it. I enjoy it for what it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of, I, I didn't get really deep into it. I know that there's a lot more to the game than what I'm going to explain. But, you know, to me, it was, it was kind of like uh, a bit like Final Fantasy in that you're walking around the terrain and you see you can see enemies uh, or more, maybe more like Chrono Trigger where you're actually able to see the enemies or the Pokemon that you can catch. So I can actually strategically go get specific Pokemon or avoid them if I want to because you just walk around them. Um, but that also was kind of it in the beginning. You know, you just kind of walk around and, and do that, which is, again, like I said, it's fine. That is that is the game. You talk to NPCs. There are quests and things that you have to do, um, and which which diversify maybe some of the, th- you know, the, the activity in the game, but it still was just that. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. Uh, in hey. that I, I'd be okay. I'd be okay if, if Pokemon went away for a while and, and, you know, and didn't come back with another iteration or, you know... 
Yeah, but I guess they just keep inventing new, really crazy, strange animals. Uh, Pokemon, I guess, is what they are. The idea, I, I really wanted to see Detective Pikachu. I, di- I really did. Yeah, me too. But my kids didn't. Really? My kids oh. didn't. Yeah, they didn't really want to go see it. And, and and this was the thing. I didn't want to be the only adult in there without a kid. <laughs> and maybe I wouldn't be. Maybe I wouldn't be. But I, did, I wasn't rolling the dice. You know, I didn't want to roll the dice. Um, anyway. So I guess I'll catch it when it comes out on, on DVD. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I really wanted to see it because I actually... Pokemon was Pokemon was right in the sweet spot where I was a little bit too old when it first came out, probably, to catch me. But no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they, but then it, it kind of just persevered, and then I got into it with Pokemon Go. I didn't play any of the other Pokemon games. I think I tried to play Pokemon Stadium on on Nintendo sixty four, and I just didn't get into it because I. I didn't understand what I really didn't understand. Like I had no point of reference for any of the Pokemon. I there's I had no no love for anything. There's no nostalgia. There was nothing. It's like I I could not have told you the strengths and weaknesses of one versus the other. And I, and I was a I'm still a an avid gamer. I understand tropes. I understand mechanics. There I understand you know that there there are you know the water beats fire or fire beats earth or whatever. You know I get all that stuff. Because those are pretty common in RPGs, but I just didn't. I just didn't know, and so and that was supposedly one of the bigger games on the on the PlayStation or on the uh, Nintendo sixty four that that helped to kind of push uh, Pokemon into the the next generations, and and so I missed most of the Pokemon Rush and didn't get into it until Pokemon Go. And so that really kind of got me interested into it. At that time, my son was kind of watching some of the Pokemon cartoons as well because he was into it for about a year, and that was it, you know. And so after that, they, you know, they weren't really into it. And so I, I guess I couldn't be into it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to move on myself. So uh, I have plenty of other things to play. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with Pokemon going. Um, no, I mean, Pokemon going away. <laughs> Pokemon Again, go to go. the polls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Pokemon go away. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my next one, uh, I think is not that controversial. Uh, you know, lots of, uh, a lot of other outlets have said similar things, but I just have not, I cannot justify the purchase of any one of these anymore. And that's. I'm going to pick Madden specifically, but these annual, uh, the the annual sports titles. Oh, I agree. It's ridiculous. They're facing men. It's not fair. Yeah, it's it's they they are they're printing money with these, and and they they sell the same game with a very with with a minimal minimal adjustments, upgrades, changes to the maybe a, a the addition of a solo storyline or something that maybe five hours worth of playtime. Which is great. Again, you think about it. I mean, you can spend five hours at the at the pub and spend eighty bucks, or you five hours on a game that you spent forty bucks on. Well, I mean, obviously that that is uh, money. I guess better spent on something that you can repeat. Are my Englishisms whirling off on you? Do you go to the pub? We now? go to pubs. They are different than bars. <laughs> I like I like I like the pub more than the bar. 
mate, you don't know what a pub is, mate. We gotta get you over here. You gotta see what a real, a real pub's pub. like. A real pub. Yeah. I know. We have we have what is you know what I guess an, an American would think a pub would be, and uh, does it have old furniture from your nan's house in it? The old, the, the best the best pubs do the the ones that I would say are the true pubs. They also are much smaller, uh, like almost cramped. Um, yeah. In terms of yeah, that's that's uh, and I'm I, I dig all that. I'm also maybe too big for most of the furniture, but um, do they serve the beer at slightly colder than room temperature? Oh, it's it's cold beer. It's it's good and cold. Oh no, we don't we don't we don't do ice cold <laughs> beer over here. Uh, the ice cold beer is because the beer ain't nice. That's what that's what that's about. You're right. No, I agree. And a good beer I can handle at about room temperature or not a little bit cooler than room temperature. I'm fine with that if it's a good beer. And I like good beer, so I definitely will have to try one of these. What are these pubs you speak of? Yes. Um, or you can go to the famous institution called Weatherspoons, which is basically where you can get a beer for like two quid, and it's full of the worst people ever in the best possible way. Like, just lovely, lovely garbage. I love a Weatherspoons. It's like a dirty little secret. Okay. I'm down. I'm They're like a chain of pubs. They're like a chain of pubs frequented by people who go to Save a Lot. Okay. So if you're familiar with Save a Lot in America, then you know what I'm talking about. Big Lots? Do you have Big Lots? We do lots have a Big Lots, live? yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, so I, I do, but I don't know what kind of people go there because I don't go there, so I don't know. Mate, you've never been to a Big Lots? You need to get in there. You are missing out. That's where they've got all the old toys. Okay, okay. Come on now. Okay, well, I'll go That's check. That's where you can get yourself some Star Trek original f- film release toys that have been, like, repackaged. It's hilarious. Wow. It's okay, I dig it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have to go to all of these places. I'm going to Save a Lot, Big Lots, and the Weatherby Spoons. What's it called? <laughs> Weather Spoons. Okay. <laughs> You'd have to come over here for that one. That's fine. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So Madden, uh, Madden specifically is my game. I don't know how we digress, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's, fine. it's good. It's organic. That's right. It's organic. Well, my next game, I'm pretty sure everyone can agree, is the finest of polished turds on the planet, <laughs> the Destiny franchise. Oh God, yeah. It started off as a crap game, and wow, they made it worse. Like, when I played Destiny 2, I was like, what is this vacant, desolate universe that I found myself on with, like, no people and just random NPCs just having a meaningless existence with mobs respawning in the middle of my quest? Like, just everything about it is wrong. It... It feels wrong. It's a pretty game. Looks beautiful. You can look quite cool with your sort of sci-fi steampunk sort of hybrid look. Your latex outfit or whatever. But I don't know. It's just it felt vapid. A empty, meaningless game doing meaningless things with nobody. Like I never found a single group <laughs> okay. of people. That sounded so depressing. I know. It, it. You know what? The first game was bad. Because it was, it just turned into farming, and the raids aren't good, and all sorts. Like they tried to make space World of Warcraft, and failed, and landed at space Star Wars MMO, but like worse, more farmy, 
somehow. I don't know how they did that. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It just, it really didn't work out. I really don't like it. Destiny 2 is worse. I think they just need to put a nail in this coffin and just stop. I mean, Anthem wasn't any better. Can we just talk about that? But, you know, that whole that whole concept of that whole type of franchise just doesn't work because console gamers are not as predisposed to making rando friends as you sort of find in the PC universe. That's my opinion. And the guild culture does not work as well on console as it does on pc because you've got like lots of extra layers like barely anybody plugs in their headsets on consoles these days like i don't know well, when that happened dangerous to do that yeah. well yeah to a certain extent but i feel like you just don't get the level of coordination like people aren't taking seriously the the drops were crap just all of it was crap destiny bye-bye yeah I'm okay with that too. Um, I, you know, and again, I know this this list is 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 a is more of a wish list, and and to me, it's not because I, I hate games or don't want games. It's that I want good games. I want innovation. I, I buy games that are that that people take risks on. You know that, that there's a game coming out. Uh, I think it's called Sea of Solitude. It may already right. be out. I really want to play that game. That's a that is a it's a strange art style. It's it's supposed to be you know moody and deep, and you know kind of deals with you know depression and depression elements. And I, I think that's all very fascinating. And that's that's something that that the the uh, designers took a risk on, and stuff like that. I I reward with my money. Take my money. I want to play games like that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, with just the looter shooter genre to me has always been flawed and it, and it has gaping, gaping holes in terms of like where it's lacking. It's, it's kind of like the, if you go, if you really go and trace back the story for Anthem, it's tragic. It's sad. You know, what happened to that game and what happened to Bioware and having to make that game and, and, and just all the, the entire story the ball was dropped in in many areas uh, for, by EA as well as Bioware, but I mean the truth of the matter is it was just not handled well, and and um, and so that you, the game you have is what you get when you when you go through a process like that. Um, anyway, I would I suggest you go check it out if it's something you really want to to know more about. But it's 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 really just a good it's just a a good example of of really and truly what's behind the curtain on these looter looter shooters it's that there's nothing there's nothing behind it um and if the if the repetitive gameplay to get new loot is not fun you know yeah i mean lots of people played it but i mean it's it is what it is uh and that is uh, a, a money sink and but like Borderlands was a looter shooter, and it was actually fun because the storyline, the characters were interesting, and the art and was the, good. And this is the other thing about Borderlands that they didn't have that made it better, and where they've jacked up in this Borderlands three, there were no loot boxes really in Borderlands one and two. Mm. There was there were no microtransactions. It was really, and there may have been microtransactions in Borderlands two, but I don't think there were. I think it was basically everything that you could get, you could get in game and you could play co-op. Like I could play with my friend uh, in Borderlands 2. And so that that was a game where he and I could play and, you know, I just played it with one of my friends and and um, 
even though I wasn't very good, we we could go tackle a boss together or go, you know, go into a city and clear everything out together or whatever. And that was that was fun to me. And you could keep upgrading your weapons and, and you know, getting loot or vaults or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's where they messed up in these and they've kind of lost the trust in the consumer trust is that no longer is that the case. You got to buy skins and you got to buy dyes and you got to buy all these things and they're temporary and then you got to buy more. And it's just, come on now, it's too much. Yeah, forget it. So, all right. Well, my last game, I think you've got one more, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, my last game uh, is one I think they have they have run into the ground. I just don't even see how the story could make sense anymore. Um, and that's Assassin's Creed. I, I don't know how much... I, I I don't know how much farther back they can go. Maybe to the the beginning of, to maybe prehistoric age, uh, or or go into the future. But I mean, you can't really go into the future because you're already where you are with the technology and going back with the animus. So I don't know how you could go. Maybe go to World War II and have an assassin uh, or or something like that. But I mean, then you're really messing with time and the age of whoever you're using to be the main character. I don't know. Regardless, I think it's a franchise that has um, it has imp- it, the last iteration Im- improved uh, I, from what I understand. Uh, again, I didn't play it. I think Odyssey is the last one that I had, and it was a beautiful game. It was a game that had uh, had, I guess, competent gameplay. It's the best that I can like. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the combat. But again, it was it fell into that repetition or that I I didn't enjoy necessarily, um, and and uh, and and it was another one of those games that was just really, really big, and for some people that have the time to invest in those big open sandboxes uh, that that have too much to do and not really any general focus, I think that maybe you'd enjoy that that game. I mean, it wasn't even as fun as something like. You know, Grand Theft Auto Five, which is a huge sandbox, but uh, you know you can get lost going and playing golf or aerobics or <laughs> something other, some other stupid thing that you yoga. can do. Yoga, yeah, exactly. Um, where, whereas in this game, I just felt like you, it was just it was unfocused. I guess is the best way I can say. In that, in my experience, again, I didn't get all the way through it. I'm limited playtime in it, but I already knew from playing two or three hours into the game, it was going to be a bigger investment, you know? So uh, I don't see where they go with the story. And I think that Assassin's Creed is a franchise that could die. And, and, uh, and, and Ubisoft can come out with something else, maybe a better watchdogs game or something. I don't know. I would like that. Oh, well, I guess I got the last one and I really feel like you could throw the genre into this bucket. And I just feel like, Mortal Kombat should have never been a series. I, I mean it. Like <laughs> it was, it was an arcade game, and it was great as an arcade game. There is no gameplay really to Mortal Kombat besides just two people smacking each other up and down. Like they just released new characters, and that's it. Like, is there a story? What is the story? The story involves around some convoluted reason for two people to smack each other up. I just, I think it's bad. I I thought it's always bad, but Mortal Kombat, to me, is 
the worst example because they started it at 11. You know what I mean? Like, you already started with fatalities. There's only so many ways that you can, like, rip people apart that's going to actually be shocking at a certain point. So I feel like, unlike some of the other games, which maybe they didn't focus on the gory dismemberment of their opponents, you know, Mortal Kombat went straight to maximum sort of from the get-go. And so I really don't think there's a lot of room to go with the franchise. I don't dislike these sort of games. You know, I I like Mortal Kombat and Tekken and, you know, I've played Street Fighter a couple times and I've got no problem with it. It's just that it always should have been an arcade game. And I don't understand why it is something different. Now, I don't understand why you have to buy tokens to do babalities and fatalities. It's just bad now. And, uh, and yeah, and I feel <laughs> bad because Mortal Kombat was one of those franchises that was really pushing the envelope of what gaming was allowed to be kind of in the 90s. You know, there was lots of controversy about it and news reports on it and people were up in arms, you know, much like they still get about Grand Theft Auto today. Um, but I, f- I feel like there's nowhere else to go. Like, the gruesomeness is already at pretty much maximum, I think, for what you could do. Maximum gruesome. Yeah, and I remember playing the storyline, and I think it was Mortal Kombat X, maybe, playing the storyline, and I just felt like, why am I doing this? Like, th- <laughs> this is just stupid. Like, the convoluted yeah. reasons why I need to fight this person and this person, and oh, I've got a grudge match against this person. I don't care. Like, it's not a story for me to actually mean anything. Yeah. And and I, I think I'm starting to develop a general problem with any genre that is just based on the weapons that you use. Like, that's not, that's not enough, mate. It's not enough. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think sports games and, uh, you know, fighter games and shooter games all sort of have the same problem where the whole premise of the genre is just built around the weapon or the activity. If nothing changes, like literally, if nothing changes in your game, I just don't feel like you should be able to sell me a, a new, what you call a new game. If you haven't upgraded graphics, you're using the exact same engine. You you know the same cast of characters, except for maybe two or three more, and some and some costume skin changes. So if you want to sell me DLC for that two years later, I'll buy that, or I won't. But I want that option. You know, sell it to me for twelve bucks or fifteen bucks for three more characters or four characters. Like two I would years like later. a Madden RPG. That's what I would like. I would like to actually yeah. know as realistically as possible what it's like to get into the pros. Like starting from college ball. All you up. know, and they used to do that. And I don't know if they do it anymore. Again, you can let us know in the comments and we may or may never read it. But if you I mean if you let us know in the comments, we will definitely read it. Um, yeah, those one million if, comments that we get. Who are you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you comment, I know they we used to do a career comment. mode. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, they used to do it where when uh, college football was an actual game that you could buy, which was the greatest game. It was the greatest football game you could buy, in my opinion, because of this very reason. You could start as a freshman, whatever. Uh, you build up your character over the course of four years, you could get drafted at your senior year. 
you could upload that to Madden and you would be on that team because EA made both games. Huh? So you could actually get drafted by the Giants. You upload your save or when you put Madden in, it will draw from your college football save, put you on the Giants and let you play you know, your professional football career at that point. Yeah, but and, I want it so much deeper than that. What I'm saying is I want them to realistically portray the struggle of what it's like to actually be in professional athletics. And I don't care what gay they do this with, but I would like to balance my studies, my social life, to have the opportunity to take steroids or not, to see how nice. that affects me years That's later. This was a whole John. We need to save that for another topic because I think that's <laughs> I think that's a topic in and of itself. Or you know RPG games that aren't RPG games. Um, yeah, things that should uh, be an RPG. But you know what I'm saying. That's why these games don't have legs. That's why they should die because all they're doing is just playing the sport or just fighting or just whatever. There's no you don't watch Liu Kang actually train. It's true. You know what I mean. You don't have a him becoming good. He just today he good. just wants to stay in and his electric scooter wasn't charged and he's going to have KFC. That's going to be today. <laughs> you laugh, but that's going to be next week for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good. No, I agree. I think we've, I think we've, we've solved as we always do uh, another one of gaming's problems. There you go. So, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. So you, so you've heard it here, and that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TempleOfGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at RetroRebel at TempleOfGeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>